0: Shalom Chavirim. Welcome to another Wednesday night with Rabbi Block. It takes a few minutes for people to log on or see that I'm live, however the process works. I'm, I'll, have to, I'll have to figure out a way to get started so that people can join us. And obviously, if you're joining, you're interested in hearing what I have to say rather than uh, dead air time, so to speak. So, once again, thank you for joining Rabbi Block Live. Our topic this evening is Satan, the devil. Is Satan the devil? Or is the devil Satan? Now, I want to begin with a, not a a caveat, not a warning per se, just an observation. Are you Shom? No, I am not Shomr Shabbat. I believe in what the Torah said. The Sabbath, the seventh day, is to be a day out of your regular schedule, a day of rest. Remember... The Talmud comes up with the 42 categories of work. The Talmud and the Mishnah go on to prescribe what's required on the Sabbath. But let's put that aside and let me digress again for a moment. The the best book I have ever read on religion is called Naked Buddhism. Why is that the best book on religion? Because the author strips away the centuries of barnacles that have been added on to Buddhism. The author says, let's look at the teachings of the Buddha, Siddhartha Gautama. Let's not look at what someone said who someone said what the Buddha said. Let's not do that. Hence the title, Naked Buddhism. And I think we can look at Naked Christianity. I think we can look at Naked Judaism, I can think we can we can use that concept of let's strip away all the centuries of comments, all the centuries of discussion, and let's go back to what the Buddha said, what Jesus said, what Muhammad said, what Moses taught, mm hmm, you know. There was a movement called Give Me That Old Time Religion. And in a sense, that was an attempt, but even Give Me That Old Time Religion didn't really give us the old time religion. It picked a period in history and zeroed in on that period as if that was authentic. That's why I like the idea of the book Naked Buddhism. And so, what are the basic teachings? Not... What someone told you that someone told you. It's the game of telephone. Mm -mm. Telephone shavor, broken telephone. And we know what happens when I whisper to someone, and they whisper to someone, and they whisper to someone. We all know what the outcome is. And that has happened with religion. So let's start by saying, by looking at the book of Job. Who was Satan. Now, we also want to keep in mind that God is God and that when we read about Satan, when we read about God, it's not to be taken literally. It's a way for us to understand what's going on. So, God has an adversary. It's not a real person. It's not another angel. It's nothing other than God's consciousness, God talking to himself. And don't we do the same thing? Don't we have conversations with ourselves? And don't we have discussions with ourselves? And if you would explain it to me, would you give those other personalities names? Would you say something? How do we talk about that? So let's not get... I live in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Someone just asked me where I live. And I bring you greetings from the nation's capital. So where we want to explain something about God's reasoning, God's thinking. And so, we're going to look at the book of Job, and how is God going to explain to us? How are we going to understand God having a conversation with himself? And so, this character Satan appears as uh, an adversary, someone to challenge God. Someone to raise an issue. Doesn't have power outside of God. Because if God gave, or if someone, another being had power over a realm that God didn't have, God wouldn't be God. Think about it. So if you think that the devil reigns in hell and God has no authority, then you're a Zoroastrian. You no longer have God as the sole God. He's given away some of his power. No. All of this is allegory. It's a way to talk, it's a discussion. So, there is no devil or demon. Satan is a literary device, a way for us to talk about, a way to God to challenge, or a way we as human beings ask God to challenge God. How do you know you're doing the right thing, God? That's what Satan says. How do you know? And... Aren't we listening to God having an internal conversation? And don't you and I have that same conversation? You know, sometimes we think of Jiminy Cricket. Consciousness. Sometimes we think of a devil or a demon. There's all kinds of ways to concretize. And that's what literature is about. How do I put into words something spiritual? And... The Jewish belief is that each of us has a good inclination and a bad inclination, a and a and they're in at attention, and we can choose which way we will go. No one's forcing us. No one's directing us. You can't say the devil made me do it or a demon made me do it. No, the idea is, as human beings, we are neither. Devils nor angels were neither good nor bad. We have the ability to do good things. We have the ability to do bad things, evil things, wicked things, however you want to label them. And it's a choice. How will we, let's say, give in to temptation? How do I choose the good? You stay on the path. And when we look at the book of Job, it was given a false ending, by the way. People couldn't deal with the fact, and that ruined the whole book of Job. The book of Job is, things happen. You can be the most righteous person, you can do all the right things, and you can get cancer. You can get hit by a high-speed train, you can get hit by a, a drunk driver. All kinds of things can happen. Just because you follow the teachings, and you stay on the path, it doesn't guarantee good things will happen. Things will happen to you. However, people have difficulty and ruin the book by adding a false ending. And I often wonder about that false ending. Job gets a wife. Does he get his first wife back? Does he get his original children back? Does he get a new wife? Does he get new kids? It makes no sense because it's a false ending. The, it's wisdom literature. The book of Job teaches us that we want to do what's right, we want to do what's good for us, not because we'll get a reward, not because we'll live longer, because it just isn't true. I know lots of great righteous people that died of pancreatic cancer or brain cancer. I know many people that were SOBs and lousy individuals that died of old age in their bed at 100 So we have to right away uh, get rid of or dismiss that idea that there's a direct link. Rather, the best way to live. The Jewish view of slavery. In the Bible, you, you let slaves go free on the sabbatical, the seventh year. No one was ever a slave for life. And you would pay them and give them money. So, even within the the Bible, and you can look at Leviticus, the slavery wasn't a permanent state that one could never get out of. There's release every seven years. Uh, What are some connections um, with, with Muslims, I think? Judaism and Islam are sister religions. The difference being Islam culture was for the Arab Peninsula, Judaism for semi-nomads and nomads living in the Middle East. But the teachings and the philosophy are very, very similar and share many, many views as to how one attains the one, how one gets to God. Yeah. And Don't think by doing the right thing or doing good things, your life will be good, you'll be getting rewards. Bad things happen. Evil things happen. However, we have to make decisions on how we want to be viewed and what we want to do with our lives. And that truly is what Satan did with the book of Job. Uh, Satan threw all kinds of things at Job in terms of family and illness and disease. And perfect example, Job shrugged his shoulders and said, I don't understand why these things are happening. However, I choose to follow the God of Israel. That's what I choose to do. Not because of reward, not because I'll be protected, but that's how I see my life. And that's the value of the book of Job. And Satan came back and said, Job is still your loyal servant because he realizes that Staying on the path is his choice. And he's not doing it because he's going to get a better return. It's not like investing in the stock market or in a bank account. No, no. That's individual choice. And keep in mind that until Dante Alighieri wrote The Inferno, there was no hell in Christianity. There wasn't. There's no hell biblically. No. And so that's why I really like this idea of naked Buddhism, of naked Judaism, naked Christianity. What are the basic teachings? Turn the other cheek, walk the extra mile, lend someone your cloak. Love is the greatest of all the commandments. But then, individuals throughout the centuries have used these teachings... Sometimes for good, sometimes for bad, uh, sometimes for their own ends. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to condemn the religion because of the choices individuals make. Yeah, Joel was a, a righteous, good person. However, as the book teaches us, he did it by choice. Not because he expected anything. No. This is how he decided to relate to the one. And that's a choice you and I have to make. How are we going to live our lives? If you're going to choose Jesus, then choose Jesus. Jesus never said you should carry automatic weapons or wipe people out. Or if someone hits you, kill them, shoot back. Look at the basic teachings. Not what someone said he said. You read the Gospels. In fact, if you like, you can pick up a gospel that has the words of Jesus in red that makes it very easy to find if you choose Jesus. If you want to follow Mohammed, Mohammed referred to the Jews as the people of the book to have respect for the Jews, to have respect for the Christians. This idea of killing infidels and wiping out people is a much later political event, not a basic teaching. mm Be a follower. And in the end, Islam and Judaism both teach God will decide. It's not up to us to kill the non-believer. It'll be up to God in the end and whenever that takes place. Mm -hmm. What that means is one can be a good, righteous person and not Jewish Christian Muslim or any organized religion These are just ways unfortunately organized religion has gotten a bad name a bad rap because some people have used it for their own ends Mhm I'm sometimes having trouble the the questions come in on white and even though I'm wearing a red shirt that I thought would I could read it easily no, it doesn't my arm doesn't even help. No, there, Heaven is a decision by God. It's not whether you're a Jew or a Christian. This is the one. The one will decide who, and Judaism believes, everyone goes back to God. We reunite with God. And there are individuals who come along that claim to be the Messiah or point to someone else. And it's really a very easy test. In Judaism, the Messiah is a messenger. He's not going to perform anything. He's not going to recreate anything. He's just going to announce God's kingdom on earth will be established. That's it. Now, if I bring you a message and it doesn't happen, then I'm not the true messenger. It's really quite simple. It's the Messiah is not going to create God's kingdom in Judaism His, the Messiah's job he or she is just to make the announcement the word Mashiach means messenger nothing else I want to repeat about that guy what guy is that somebody asked if they could join me live and uh, I should have said this earlier I hope they're still there Send an email to Rabbi Block at com, and tell me who you are and you'd like to join me live and we'll meet in my Zoom room and we'll talk about it and talk about strategy and how we'll work together. Hey, I'm all for you joining me live, but I'm not going to click on a button. Come on, think about it. However, I would love to have a co-facilitator, a moderator, whatever word you want, but please, Rabbi Block at hotmail.com, and uh, we'll talk about it, and we'll meet. And we we talk about, and let's let's go back to naked religion. We very rarely study the text and let the text talk to us. More often than not, I get an idea or I hear something, then I go back to Holy Scripture and point point, say, oh, see, it says it. That's SN2. What we want to do is start with the text. What is the text teaching us? What can I learn from it? And what comes out of it? Rather than starting with an idea and then going to the text to prove, see, God said that. It's verse 1, line 7, it's completely out of context. You're pulling something. No, we have to take the section, the prophet, the teaching. And again, I just got another invitation from someone. Please, whoever posted that, send me on hotmail, Rabbi Block at hotmail.com, name, contact information. I'll send you my Zoom room link, and we'll meet. And We want to talk about God, we want to talk about the devil, whatever you want to talk about, but I want to talk with you before we talk about it on the air. I don't think that's, not only is that not unreasonable, think about it for a second. We don't want to be tripping over each other and we don't want to find that we're not working well together, but I'll be glad to split my time with anybody. But first, I want to meet you. You want to meet me? Hmm? Makes perfect sense. Go to my website, com, learn a little bit more about who I am and see. Oops, that went too fast. Oops, something about teaching in Northern Virginia. That went too fast. Uh, I looked up on uh, TikTok to see if I could slow down the questions, and it's really designed to keep the conversation going, to go fast, however it doesn't work because I need time to read what it says and actually think about what I'm being asked. So it doesn't really do. How do you prepare for Rosh Hashanah? The month of Elul has started. Rosh Hashanah is the spiritual new year. Ten days later is the Day of Atonement. And we use the month of Elul to prepare for atonement for for the new year and for asking amends. Now, this is very important about the high holidays. Before Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, I need to go to those individuals whom I insulted, whom I hurt, and ask them for forgiveness. You don't go to God and ask for forgiveness first. Mm -mm. Or you don't ask God for forgiveness without asking those whom you insulted or hurt. One must make amends first. And so the month of Elul is the Jewish month of preparing for the Holy Days, for doing a personal inventory, to seeing, do I owe people money? Do I owe people an apology? What do I need to do? Then there's Rosh Hashanah. Then there's 10 days for me to prepare to present to God my case. Then I can say to God, yes, I I did this and this. And this is how I made amends. The idea... Again, I just got another invite to someone to join me live. Please, Rabbi Block at Hotmail.com. And we have a whole week to prepare for next Wednesday night at 8. And I'll be glad to meet with you in my Zoom room. Mm-hmm. I have done a number of weddings with a Muslim and a Jew, and some of them have been with an imam. Some of them have just been myself. Some of them, the man was was Muslim, the man was Jewish, the woman was Muslim, the woman was Jewish, different combinations. My motto, no one should be denied the right to be joined together. There's nothing that says... Anyone from any religion can't marry someone else. Now, different religions have their own rules and regulations. They can do what they want, but I will sanctify and I will help people create a meaningful spiritual ceremony. Because if two individuals want to live as a couple, um, that's their choice. And I'll be glad to help because I believe that God loves all of us. And God doesn't want people to be alone. In fact, that's what, in Genesis, man should not be alone. Adam, Eve, people should be together. Whether it's two men, whether it's two women, people should spend lives together. And if they want to be joined in a ceremony, I'll be, I'll help. I'll help create it and then I'll officiate. Uh, it's really curious, someone asked me if I'm Reformed, that would imply that I was something else and I saw a change in my ways. There's no ED. It's reform Judaism. It's an active verb. But it's easier to add the ED when you say it, reformed Judaism. No, no, it's reform. Reformed means you did something bad and then changed your ways. Reform is just a form of non-orthodoxy. That's all. Just a different way to attain God that's not bound by the Orthodox rituals. And again, let's go back to Naked Judaism. Where did Orthodox Judaism come from? Not basic Judaism. It was added on through the centuries, through the the different rules and regulations. Abraham didn't keep kosher. Moses didn't keep kosher. It didn't exist then. No. They're not bad. They're still Jewish. And so what we want to look at is how do I understand my traditions? But not just Judaism, Uh, the Roman Catholic Church, the Protestant churches, Islam. How can I attain the one? How can I attain God? What is my way? What is good for me? And that's why I keep coming back to naked religion. I really, really insist that you take a look at the basic teachings of whatever religion, whether it's organized or disorganized. Maybe you belong to a disorganized religion. But look at the basic teachings. Not what someone said someone said. Not what was added over the centuries. Go back to the basic sacred documents. The Quran, A sacred document. What does that say about Jews? What does it say about Christianity? What what do the Gospels say? Now remember the Epistles. Already that's commentary. Because you're reading later on. You're reading... What someone said, Jesus said. Look at the Gospels. Look at Jesus' own words. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, Paul, Saul, on the road to Damascus, met the resurrected Jesus and had a spiritual awakening. And then we have Paul answering letters that people wrote to him. Ah, letters that people wrote to Paul. They didn't write them to Jesus. So let's put the epistles aside and the Acts of the Apostles. If you really want to understand your Christian beliefs, read the Gospels. Read what Jesus taught. Now, if you want to then add on the epistles or the Acts of the Apostles, you're making a choice to help understand, but you're realizing these aren't the original teachings. This is what someone said someone understood. Like the Talmud, the Mishnah, the Midrash. All of this, and I'll give you my interpretation, but I'm telling you it's my understanding. I'm not telling you this is what Judaism says. I'm telling you this is my understanding of Judaism. And isn't this the role of a rabbi? To teach and then to get out of the way so you can find your own beliefs. I'm not a policeman, though I am a lifetime firefighter. I was a chaplain with the fire company. I never slept hoses uh, or did things like that. I was a chaplain with the fire company. I'm a lifetime member. So I'm not a policeman. I'm a fireman, if you will. And this is extremely important. Because too often, we don't go back to the source. We accept what's up. And as an aside, this pertains to politics as well be really careful now we're coming to an election year everyone is telling us what someone else said or someone else didn't say and you should support this person and just don't to, uh, be really careful might take a little looking it might take a little reading to find out what was said and what was done um, again I just saw another invite for someone to go together and whoever that was please rabbi block at hotmail.com and we'll meet in my zoom room and I don't, I guess we could have two or three people I could invite. I don't know enough about TikTok's rules. However, I'm open. I'm open. Let's talk about it, see what happens. Whoa, it's going fast. The, are the, the questions popping by? Keep in mind that the word Bible, Biblia is a plural word, means books. You know, because it's bound, In one edition, we somehow think it's a book, like Moby Dick or um, a work of shit. No, the word Biblia is a plural word, books. They're bound together. So we'll want to take a look at the separate books and see what they have to teach us. Who wrote them? What century? Where did they come from? Lots of things going on here. And it's easy to think of the Bible as a thing, one book, because it's bound together. Mm -mm. No, no, the word itself means books. And so there are multiple books. We even quickly divide them into Old Testament, New Testament, Hebrew Scripture, Greek Scripture. The Apocrypha, we have a Catholic edition. And in the middle of the Catholic edition are books that Jews and Protestants consider Apocrypha. But the Catholics consider them canon. So, and so in that, if you have a, a, a Roman Catholic edition of the Bible, it has some sections between the two testaments that are not canon in Judaism or in the Muslim religion. Again, separate books, different ways people understood God, ways to reach God. That's, I started my theme about Satan and the devil, but it's really turned out to Naked Judaism. And if you'd like to hear more, the YouTube channel, The Rabbi and I, there is a, uh, an episode called Naked Judaism. I also have a podcast, if you'd like to hear it, called Naked Judaism. Same theme, same theme. Well, we're coming down on the end of our 30 minutes together. Yeah, the Balfour Declaration is kind of a curious document, but that goes into the history of the modern state of Israel. And as you know, I believe we should have a state of Palestine, a state of Israel, um, each one recognizing the other's right to exist and not shooting missiles at each other. Well, our time has ended. If you have suggestions for next Wednesday night, again, please email your, your questions. Email me your topics. Uh, it's hard for me when I'm, I'm if you, you know I'm looking to the, down on the lower left to read the questions scrolling by. So if I had them in advance, it would be easier for me to specifically address something, particularly if I didn't address your question tonight. Please send me an email. And thank you for joining me for our 30 Minutes our time together. Have a good evening, Lila Tove, Lehidraut. I'll see you in a week.